Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. So um, good morning, everyone. If you're just arriving, it's so good to see you. And I invite us to just take three intentional breaths. No rush. We'll wait for Mirren to get here. And I see Olivia is here from New Mexico, though she's not on camera yet, and Richie all the way in Scotland. And let's take an inhale and exhale through your mouth. If it feels right to you the next time when you exhale, you can do so audibly with a sigh or just kind of whatever sound comes out. You're alone, so no one is going to notice. I, I can't hear you. So inhaling again deeply. And then inhaling once again and letting this inhale um, bring breath into your body as if you could bring it all the way down to your toes and your fingertips. Thank you. So my title for today's talk is setting our intention as we re-enter the world. And um, again, my hair, I'm just gonna say, okay, that's not gonna stay in there. Um, so I want to, I'm thinking about this because I received my vaccine a couple days ago, and this is the first time I felt well enough to be out in the world. Um, and I know that I'm thinking about how I might re-enter, whatever that means, into the next stage of this in a way that's intentional. And so first, I want to offer a Buddhist teaching on the idea of setting an intention. Um, and so this is a story from the Pali Canon, and it's from a sutra, which its Pali name I couldn't even attempt to pronounce without it being laughable. But the translation means um, two sorts of thinking, like two ways to think about things. And here is the sutra, basically. Um, I have heard that on one occasion, the Blessed One was staying at Savati in Jeddah's grove. There he addressed the monks. Monks, he said. Yes, Lord, the monks replied. The Blessed One said, Monks, before my self-awakening, when I was still just an unawakened bodhisattva, the thought occurred to me, why don't I divide my thinking into two sorts? And so basically the Buddha is saying, back when I was still searching, um, 
like maybe you and I are. I was an ordinary guy, but I was on a path of practice. I thought I would notice my my thoughts and I would actually divide them into two um, kinds of thoughts. And so he goes on to say, so I made thinking, I made thinking imbued with, and keeping in mind, he's a monk. He uses the translation, the English word that I'm about to include in this list is sensuality. And I just want to say sensuality is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with sensuality. I'm guessing that as a monk, for him to have maybe sexual thoughts as opposed to sensual thoughts um, was uh, inappropriate. But um, let's um, go with this translation, but assume, please, that having a sensual embodied life is wonderful and having sensual thoughts is also mighty okay. But this is how the translation reads. So he says, the Buddha says before he's awakened, I made thinking imbued with sensuality, thinking imbued with ill will, and thinking imbued with harmfulness, one sort of thoughts. So you could kind of say a bunch of bad things. And thinking imbued with renunciation, giving up things, and also giving up ways of being, habits of being, thinking imbued with non-ill will, i.e. goodwill, and thinking imbued with harmlessness, maybe compassion, is another pile of thoughts, another sort. First, he would notice that thinking imbued with sensuality or ill will or harmfulness has arisen in me, and that leads to my own affliction or to the affliction of others or to the affliction of both. It obstructs discernment, promotes vexation, and does not lead to nirvana. He further noticed that as he mindfully observed this kind of thinking, i.e. harmful thoughts, with an awareness that it led to suffering, it would subside. And so basically, this is our practice, right? To notice, to be aware of our thoughts and see how what we think emanates into our actions and how we meet others. And, you know, our practice is really to gain the skills through meditation to observe our thoughts and stories, beliefs, and see how those express themselves in the world and try to um, cultivate a way of being that brings spaciousness and connection, basically. And so the Buddha goes on to say, second, he would notice that thinking imbued with renunciation and non-ill will and non-harmfulness has arisen in me, and that leads neither to my own affliction nor to the affliction of others. So basically he's saying, I noticed when I noticed my thoughts that when I think um, positive things, um, it doesn't cause suffering to myself or to other people. Um, it fosters discernment, promotes lack of vexation and leads to nirvana. 
In summary, whatever a person frequently thinks and ponders upon, that becomes the inclination of his or her mind. And so that's why I'm going to invite us to set an intention. Um, and then finally, this sutra, and if you join late, it's called in English, um, the Sutra on Two Sorts of Thinking. It ends with a little story that um, I'll include because I think there are ways in which these teachings become sort of like head games, intellectual exercises. But I want us to remember that the Buddha and the monks that he was speaking to they were people, they were people living their lives in their, in their human bodies. And so the story speaks to that. It's very brief. So he ends the sutra saying, just as in the last month of the hot season, that would be August, I'm guessing, when all the crops have been gathered into the village, a cow herd would look after his or her cows while resting under the shade of a tree or out in the open, he or she simply keeps himself or herself mindful of those cows. In the same way, I simply kept myself mindful of those mental qualities. And so yesterday when I was preparing this talk on the couch, when I was recovering from my vaccine and talking to my husband, I was like, the only problem with the story is I bet most people that I'm going to talk to have never watched those cows. Has anyone had the experience of being responsible for watching some cows or goats or other? You, you have <laughs> Becky and Darcy, of course, you live in the country. Okay, well, maybe later you can speak to that. But I'm guessing for the rest of it, us, it might be something like watching your kids. They're outside playing. You just, you're keeping an eye on them. And if you don't have kids, it might be like looking after something you're cooking. You're not standing right there cooking it, but you're kind of in the next room. You're, you know, keeping track of like, let's make sure it doesn't boil over. There's plenty of water in the pan, etc. Or it might be like my husband yesterday, um, noticing that the lawn needs mowing. It's not something that you're looking at every minute, but you're kind of noticing, oh yeah, it rained another day in a couple days, we may need to look at. So just that example, that metaphor of how we watch our thoughts is I think useful because there is a way of being very attentive and yet not hovering. I think especially the example with kids, but also the example with cooking, that, um, you know, there's the saying, a watch pot never boils. Um, and you do have that sense if you're sort of hovering. Um, and so that way of watching your thoughts from a little bit of distance, there's no need to, um, you know, stand right next to the cows to watch them. You can see them just fine from a distance. But when one starts wandering, um, perhaps you get up or make a noise to, to call the cow back. And so I put together a group of questions for us to consider together, first internally on some paper, and um, they fall into three categories of relationships. Um, the first questions will be about your relationship with yourself. 
And the second group will be about your relationship with friends and family. And I include within that, of course, chosen family. And then the third will be your relationship with your community and the world. That's just to give you a sense of where we're going. And then at the end, we'll look at some of the things that we've discovered. And from that, you can begin to set your intention. And I'll let you know that um, I want to allow for some time at the end for some small group discussion. And so you may want to actually allow some space on your paper to come back to this. You may not have enough time to do it the justice that you would like to. It may be something you come back to later today or in the next you know, few weeks. But I think there's some questions that um, we can sort of sit with as we meditate in the coming days and weeks. And so um, if you're game, we'll go ahead and begin. Is that all right? Okay, so um, first, so this is the category of your relationship with yourself. So knowing, of course, that this period of the pandemic has been filled with enormous loss of so many kinds. Nonetheless, this series of questions is based on um, a way of approaching planning and thinking about intentionality that's, um, I would say, asset-based or appreciative. It's about the positive. And so all of these questions are going to be positive in nature. And that isn't to, to diminish um, the incredible anguish um, that, that still unfolds. Um, it's just that right now in setting an intention, we're going to focus on some positive elements. And if you find that initially it's very hard to find something positive in answer to these questions, that's okay. And it can be simply, and it may be um, definitely um, being present with the Sangha, that's it. So um, be gentle with yourself, be curious, and there are no wrong answers. Um, and you also will not have to share anything at all today. So um, this is for you and your own practice and life. So the first question, what went well during the pandemic for you? Think about what experiences, habits, or relationships nourished you. And when you have a few things, I invite you to choose one and really dive into it, describe it. If possible, engage your senses. What did you see and smell and taste and feel? How did that experience or habit or relationship that nourished you, how did it feel in your body? Where did you experience it in your body? Now, moving on, consider what do you miss from pre-pandemic that you wish to return to as soon as it's safe? And some of you may have already begun returning to these things. And so think about what was the first thing, the second thing. Now, choose one of those things that you missed from the pre-pandemic that you want in your life again as soon as it's safe and describe it briefly.
So I'm going to invite you to move on to the second category of questions, which is relationships between yourself and your friends and family or chosen family. Similarly, what went well with these relationships during the pandemic? I know for some people, what went well is they didn't have to see certain problematic family members. That's okay. It can be anything. What went well with friends and family or chosen family? And what experiences, habits, or relationships nourished you during the pandemic? And similarly, dive into one of those. Doesn't matter which one. You don't even have to choose the most important one. Just choose one and describe it. And that can just be a few words. Again, tapping into the senses and the body, maybe where you were, how it felt, what surprised you, what you remember, what was nourishing. And continuing, what or whom do you miss from pre-pandemic in that category of friends and family and chosen family that you can't wait to return to as soon as it's safe? And again, when you think about the things that you've just written down, the, th the activities or experiences, people, places that you miss from pre-pandemic that you wish to return to as soon as it's safe, choose an example and describe it. And you can describe a memory that of, you know, or um, a fantasy, you know, sort of what would be the perfect reconnection with friends, family, and chosen family. And with that, experiences that are close. And we're going to move on. You can leave space if you have more thoughts that you think you might want to add later. Um, the third category of relationships is your community and the world. So similarly, what went well with your relationships with your community where you live and with the larger community or communities that you're part of across the world? What experiences, habits, or relationships nourished you? One thing that's quite amazing about this pandemic is that in the most strange way it brought people from all over the world together. And many of you are here right now. And similarly, choose one needn't be the most important one. Just choose anything and dive into it, describe it. Describe how relationships with people that maybe you couldn't even see in person that were in your larger community and even across the world were nourishing to you. Remember to include something about your senses and how remembering this experience, you remember how it felt in your body. 
to be nourished in this way. And so you can probably see the pattern here. What about your community in the world do you miss from pre-pandemic that you wish to return to as soon as it's safe? Maybe it's traveling or the farmer's market or being in the Zendo. Just make a list. Maybe it's none of those things. Now, you may not be ready to move on and that's okay. You can come back on your own time, but um, we're going to move on so that we can get to the intention part. So um, the next thing is to go back to um, the first group of answers, the ones about your relationship with yourself and look that over and just circle or jot down one to three things or more that you can offer yourself as you re-enter the world. So looking at the experiences, habits, and relationships that nourished you during the pandemic, and also the things that you miss from pre-pandemic. What of these things can you offer yourself as we re-enter the world? and then return to the second group of answers. What are one to three things that you can offer your friends and family as you re-enter the world? When you look at those things that went well with these relationships during the pandemic, what do you want to carry forward? And when you think about the people that are close to you that you miss from pre-pandemic. What intention do you have with regard to those relationships and experiences? And then finally, looking at the third group of answers about your community in the world. What are a few things that you have listed that you would like to offer your community in the world as you re-enter this new phase of the pandemic. And because I'd like to offer some time for us to share, I'll give you a few more minutes to look that over. And when you feel completed enough for now. Um, I wonder if you would, you know, on your reaction button, send me a heads up, uh, a, I was gonna say a heads up, a thumbs up or a heart, or if you're not sure how to do that, just wave. <laughs> okay, it looks like most people have stopped writing. So I think maybe um, you guys can all unmute yourselves, I believe. Great. And um, we're a small enough group that um, I think it would be nice to 
stay all together. Is that okay with you guys instead of going into smaller groups? Okay. Um, so, um, and we're also, you're all on one screen, so you can just raise your actual hand and I'll um, call on you just to um, keep some small sense of order. I'm curious um, in doing that exercise, you know, of course, was it helpful, but also did something surprise you um, it, about anything, the list, what feelings came up, um, what you're going to carry forward, um, focusing on the positive, any aspect at all? Yeah, Carolyn. Um, what I noticed that was kind of surprising for the what went well during the pandemic, I just had this long list of stuff, you know, that in relationship with me that went well, <laughs> you know, it connect intimacy with nature and, and cooking more and all of these wonderful things. But then when it came to the other two categories, that was not the case, <laughs> you know? And so that was just interesting to me that the, the positives really all came in, or the majority of them came in the relationship with self category versus with family, friends, community, you know, et cetera. So that was surprising to me. Yeah, and I have to say, even as I did the exercise myself, Creating those three categories is, you know, we don't experience life that way. It's all one thing flowing through us. And so, you know, some of cooking is about the people that you're feeding and some of being in nature is who you're with, but also sometimes not. So I don't want to um, suggest that if one was easy, another, you know, that there's anything wrong with that. Those were just, they're very arbitrary ways of dividing things up. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I too really enjoyed cooking. Um, yeah, Monica. It surprised me a little. Well, on the sur surface, of course, very thankful for you for bringing up this topic because it has been on my mind, but to literally, I like lists, to literally separate some categories and write them down. I just was more and more appreciative as I went through the exercise. Just so grateful um, to be able to sort of look at this because I've just been in a big muddle thinking about what do I want to choose to re-enter or let go of? Or So this was so helpful. And I just want to tell you that I'm just so grateful. I wonder, is there anything that you want to share from your list, especially maybe from the second and third categories? Um, well, um, in the, so for me, chosen family is important. Um, and something that I actually made, ha I, I made sure it happened even during the pandemic is a really good friend in Dallas made it where I still went physically was with her because I realized how important she is in my life and how important that was. And even though, you know, legally or whatever, we shouldn't have been as close as we were, but I didn't care. It was just, it was just so heartfelt. And that sustained me a lot. Mm -hmm. through this time. 
Um, and a little surprised on the community, not, uh, of course, Abamad is on there getting to be in the Zen, Zendo and things and actually Austin Justice Committee uh, Coalition, just getting um, more involved with that, how that's really something I want to continue. Um, and I was just surprised that was the top on the list at the start. That's yeah. right now. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you. Oh, one more. And I love to exercise. I always have. I have no problem doing it alone, but I really miss going to the Y and being with these other active seniors exercising. So I can't wait to do that. <laughs> oh, good. Um, Becky and Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary, I saw your hands at the same time. So, um, Becky, do you want to go ahead? Sure. Um, for, for me, one of the things that I am aware of is that post-pandemic may not look very much different in my life than during the pandemic, uh, in that I've been largely housebound and, and dependent on, you know, my daughter to get me around and so on. Um, certainly, there are a few things that may change and that I would like to see happen, but, and there are a lot of things I missed and would love to think I could do, but one of the things I actually uh, sat outside before we had our sittings today. And one of the things that came up for me at that point was that today I woke up not feeling as good as I have for the last few days. I don't feel bad, but I don't feel as good as I had. And I'm going like, yeah, but I made all this list in my head of what I might be able to do today. And I thought about the whole thing about preferences. You know, and that on days when I wake up really feeling awful, I don't bother having a preference. I just get with that what I'm experiencing, whereas the days that I'm between times, I have preferences. So in relationship to this discussion, it was very clear to me today is that um, my intent is to accept what is possible whichever way any of that goes at any time. And that's the only intent I feel safe to making as intent. And, and that's the way I'm going to approach it because, you know, it may or may not, may, may or may not any given day or altogether. And, and that when I just accept that, then I have a much richer life, whichever way it goes. So that's sort of what I was doing with my whole list and, and so on. And one of the things that was, that felt just exactly right and I didn't hesitate for a minute is when it was family and friends, Sangha is one that I listed there, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's one of the ones that if I had the choice to be in person with you all, I do that, but not if everybody else couldn't be too, <laughs> because you're all part of it. And so, yeah, and, and, and it really is, it's, it's, it's somewhere way bigger. And then the other part that, that I have preferences, but, but have also felt very enriched by during this time is the opportunity to interact with people all over the world about 
issues of anti-racism, about other kinds of oppressions that are present in ways that we felt we had addressed at some point in our societal growth and personal growth, and that we find there's so much deeper about that. And I'd love to be out there with huge numbers of people saying, this is too important. In, in public, I would like to be able to stand in public witness to my beliefs. Um, they're gonna have to be a little more contained, I think, but it, that's one that I really noticed as a big one for me. Well, you just did stand in witness of them. And you also reminded us that um, while chronic illness and physical pain are not anything that we would want to wish on anyone, um, when we meet them, at least with this practice, um, they're such wise teachers. And so you've reminded us of some really good lessons that you have been forced to be the student of. So thank you for that. Rosemary? Uh, yeah, so um, first of all, thank you, because um, I think this is, for me, it's going to be the beginning of a deeper uh, inquiry into all of these questions. Um, but the thing that surprised me was um, one of the things I missed was, I'm going to get a little emotional, was um, visiting my brother. He's in California. I'm in New Jersey. It's pretty much a once a year visit. And uh, yeah, that really, I mean, I knew that I missed him, but I didn't know how much. So thank you. Yeah, visiting my brother, hopefully next month is um, high on my list. Wonderful. Um, anyone else want to share something? Um, yeah, Claudine, and then Kim. Oh, sorry. You won't hear me if I don't put the computer is not very loud. Well, what surprised me was first idea I had was what was nice during the pandemic was what went well was the contact on Zoom. And then I thought, but oh, what is that noise? Do you hear noise too? I do okay. hear it. I think you're fine. That's much better. Okay. And then I thought, but contact on Zoom is not relation with myself. That's funny what I have written here. And then I realized that, well, it was like uh, if you have uh, the letter Y, you know, and I was really at the crossroad when the pandemic began. I could have stayed with myself or I could have pushed myself to to open, to reach to people, and I'm rather shy, and I have not always a very good opinion on myself. And that was a problem with English as well. And it was really a very rich year because I, I opened, I began with England, and where I was very, very welcomed, and it was a, a great pleasure. Then I came to you. And it went on and on, and I, and I even re, uh, 
managed to engage myself for helping for some things. And I was so pleased that I made all these steps. And I realized that, that it had been a change in me thanks to this pandemic. And naturally in the third question, the relationship I could really have with all the people I met was real for me. I mean, I have the feeling to know some of you from breakout rooms, from uh, different groups where I am and so, and it's always a, a pleasure and a, a, a joy, I mean, more than a pleasure even. But I hadn't realized the, the progress I had to do and that I did, and I'm very thankful in, in, indeed. And what I, my intention, and I never thought of that, and I just decided now, my intention is to go on with all this contact and also to open to contacts here in my country and to, <coughs> to find or to initiate groups of people here. And ah, it's breathtaking, but I think it's a good intention. Thank you very much. It is. Thank, thank you. And um, yeah, so many of you who are far away, this pandemic would not have been the same without you. Um, I'm thinking of Maria and Richie and you, Claudine, and um, you, Olivia. Um, so um, Kim, go ahead and then we might need to wind up just for time. So what Claudine said was so uh, much of what I wanted to say. So about a week ago, um, I said to my wife that I think we're in a monastery. And I was thinking then that the monastery was, was just in our house. Um, you know, and she does tea ceremony about 18 hours a day. <laughs> and I do this Appamata thing about 18 hours a day. And, um, but as we're talking and writing, I realize that the monastery is with all of you. Uh, but what I'm missing is, is uh, being alone since I've been with another person now for the whole year and um, kind of being places where nobody knows where I am, being lost completely in my thought, even when my, it's different when my wife uh, in the old days would, you know, leave for the day and I'd be alone. Just knowing someone else is in the house is different. Uh, what I feel so much gratitude for is the great relationships that have, would have never been created um, with people that aren't in Austin. So that's been really special. And what I've enjoyed most with the head student gig is the teas, having tea one-to-one -one with people. So if I, we haven't had tea, I hope you'll sign up to do that. I've really enjoyed that um, most. And I've also really enjoyed um, sticking with one um, koan and having it occupy my life. And just today found a completely different reading of it. And so that's always fun. 
Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Um, I really hate to not be able to hear from everyone, um, but I also feel like I want to um, uh, honor our time. The service is very brief. Um, is there anyone else who feels like they would really love to be heard and contribute or have a different point of view to offer? Um, yeah, Olivia and then Darcy. Good morning. Um, out of my bin came the word ease. That's not me, usually. <laughs> but I believe it, it came out for some reason. Uh, more like, instead of so compelled and so on time and so on task and so regimented, I've started to just have more ease about this has to be done and it will be done. <laughs> so I'm gonna work a little more on that thought. Thank you. Thank you, Olivia. That is, I am not sure that what I devised was successful, or maybe it was in that it called that forth, but what you are offering is a quality of being. And I think that is so much of what this experience has forced us to, we've had to change the quality of how we be, right? And so thank you for that. And since I only know you through Zoom, I just had to laugh because I only, I only have experienced you as someone of ease, of such enormous ease. So um, really, thank you. <laughs> Darcy. So that was very interesting. Uh, what Kim said that he'd missed that experience of being alone. Uh, for me, the pandemic has given me a huge gift of being able to be alone. You know, I live out in the country and I can go out into the fields and the woods and be by myself. And um, it has been a rapturous time for me just um uh, I so needed this and and I allowed it because so many of my other sort of activities responsibilities fell away and um and even when I'm in the house I have good amounts of time to myself because my husband's out you know doing his work outside and it it was hugely important to me and um the, the other point I want to make with that is that some of the things that happened for me was a stepping back from uh, not only certain activities, but certain relationships, which um, was, uh, I appreciate Robin, your, your, um, challenging us to set intentions about things because um, some of those, of course, all of us had to step back from relationships, which some, it was difficult stepping and some for me, it was a relief because of uh, my uh, 
not being, not trying to please or taking on things that I didn't want or need to be doing. And so, but the intention part is what I'm really focusing on now is it's not just a stepping back, but the re-entering for me is setting intentions about these people who I actually really do care about that I've stepped back from, but stepping back in with a different way of looking at it and a different um, way of being with them. So that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, just, wow. I hope everyone wrote down a snippet of that because I think that too is so key as we re-enter is how do we want to be with others and what boundaries do we want to set and what ways do we want to really open our hearts and be available and vulnerable and what ways do we know that we're best served by um, keeping some boundaries um, that are protective. We're gonna wind up now, even though I long to hear from all of you who I haven't heard from. Um, so um, we'll go ahead and do the service briefly. And I'm so glad that you were here today. And um, of course this was recorded. I'm Yes, it is being recorded. So if you want to go back and get the questions or share it with someone else, um, you'll be able to do that. It'll be up, I'm guessing later today. Thank you.